episode of this new podcast series we're calling Love in Action, a study of Romans 12. I am Savea Mary, the Women's Ministry Director of Autumn Ridge Church. Last fall on this podcast, we flew through the Psalms, taking a high overview of topics, illuminating the longest book of the Bible. But now for this series, we're going to slow the pace way down and do a deep dive into the amazing chapter of Romans 12. Over the next eight weeks, we're going to study this chapter in depth, each week focusing on just two or three verses at a time. And this will really allow us to get to the heart of what these verses meant, both to the people to whom they were originally written, as well as to how they apply to our lives today. I'm so pleased that teaming up with me over the next weeks is our wonderful Autumn Ridge women's Bible teachers, Jan Wright, Angie Pankratz, and new to our team for this series, Heather Henderson. We'll also be joined by some wonderful women from our congregation to round out our discussions. So we hope that this series is going to accomplish two goals. First and most importantly, we want to immerse you in great scripture, not for the sake of Bible trivia, but to really bring alive our foundation for knowing God and how he wants us to respond to the incredible love that he has shown us. And our second goal is to accomplish that in a way that will scratch the itch that so many of us have during these pandemic days for social connection. I mean, we hope that these episodes will make you feel like you're just sitting here with us, having a great conversation about the Bible. We're all struggling to varying degrees right now with feeling isolated and disconnected. So we hope that this podcast will help you connect with us here at Women's Ministries and also be material that you could use to connect with your friends in whatever way is best for you right now. We want this podcast-based study to be as flexible as you need it to be. So whether you engage on this on your own or you want to join a small group. Either way, each week with each episode, we'll post study worksheets to encourage you to explore these verses thoroughly on your own, as well as discussion questions for you to talk with others about what you're learning. And all of this material will be available to you for free on autumnridge.church media. You'll find it on the page for the specific episode that you're listening to. If you'd like to participate in an official small group through Women's Bible Study, we'd love to help you get connected with that. Just simply email us at women at autumnridgechurch.org. Otherwise, we encourage you to use the discussion questions with your own group of friends or neighbors or family or whomever you choose. Well, as we get ready to launch this series for this first episode— we thought it'd be best to lay a foundation as an introduction to the rest of the study. And so I can think of no better person to join me <laughs> than Jan Wright. If you have attended Women's Bible Study any time over the last 20 years, you'll know that Jan is usually our go-to teacher to provide the background and context for Bible study. So Jan, I am delighted to welcome you here with me today. Thank you, Svea. I am really looking forward to our series, and what a treat after the new year to slow down and focus on just a few verses each week from Romans. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for us to really focus on the wisdom that this chapter provides about loving God and loving others. It's God's wisdom recorded by the person who wrote more of the New Testament in our Bible than any other person. So I thought that's a good place to start. Jan, maybe you could tell us about our author? Yeah, the author is, of course, Paul. He's a very intelligent, educated man. He also had the status of Roman citizenship. He was a Jew and thoroughly trained in the law. He would have at least in his early years admitted to a superior view of his Jewish heritage, especially compared to non-Jews. He was a well-known persecutor of Christians. 
In the book of Acts, we learn that he literally plotted to travel and track down men and women who were Christians for the purpose of dragging them off to prison. Mm -hmm. He attended and approved of the stoning of one of the early leaders of the church, Stephen. Paul was hardly a man that you would come to expect to become a church planner and a Christian leader. (laughs) True. Let Let me just interject something here that... I love that you made that last point because it's true. Paul was hardly the person that you would expect to become a church planter and a Christian leader when he was the great terrorizer of the church. It's just amazing to me and such a beautiful thing about our God that he really can use even the most unlikely of us to do the works that he prepared beforehand for us to do, as it says in Ephesians 2, also something written by Paul. Exactly. And yet when... Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. His life was changed forever. Mm. After that encounter, he was appointed by Jesus to be his ambassador to the Gentiles and to the Jews. He will share the message of God's love and forgiveness with the lowly and with the royal. Mm. He will also teach the Jewish and Gentile Christians how to worship and work together in the church and in their community. And I'm amazed that with a resume like that, he still identifies himself as a servant in the very first verse of the book. Isn't that beautiful? There's another identification right away in the beginning of the book of Romans that I just really love, and that's the way that Paul identifies the original recipients of this letter. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 7, Paul says that he's writing to all of those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. And now by saint, Paul doesn't mean like someone who's perfect or holier than exactly. anyone else. He, he means someone who belongs to God. So isn't that beautiful? People who are loved by God and called to belong to him. And I think one of the great things about that is it shows how applicable this book will be to us as we study, because it's like he's writing to us. We, too, are loved by God and called to belong to him. But again, for context, as we're studying this, Paul did have a specific people at a specific time and place in mind when he wrote this. So I think that would be a good thing for us to cover next. Why don't we talk a little bit more about these original recipients? So the original recipients would have been the people in the church in Rome. And surprisingly, this was not a church that Paul had started or even visited. Mm -hmm. The church was presumably founded by Jews from Rome who were present at Pentecost. Uh And over time, Gentile converts would have been welcomed into their midst. Isn't that fascinating? You can just picture. So these Jews went to Jerusalem for Passover, not having any idea that they would learn about Jesus Christ and what his life meant. And their lives were forever changed at Pentecost, seeing the miracle of the Holy Spirit there. You can read about that story in Acts chapter 2. But I thought, could I just try to paint a picture about maybe what it would have been like for this church in those days? Because like you said, the church would have started sometime not long after Pentecost, which was right after Jesus's life in the early 30s AD. And it would have began under the leadership of these new followers of Jesus who had originally been Jews. And as they brought the truth about Jesus back to Rome with them and started this church, they engaged the Gentiles and their community around them. And and this beautiful ethnic blend of Jews and Gentiles formed a quite unique church in Rome. 
But after about 15 years into the life of this wonderful church, in AD 49, Emperor Claudius banished all of the Jews from Rome, sending them all into exile, suddenly leaving this church reeling from losing so many of its original members. I mean, can you just imagine what that would do to church It had church to be life? incredible upheaval for them. Absolutely. I mean, Autumn Ridge has been my church home for about 15 years now, about that same length of time, and I can't imagine how devastated I'd feel if the majority of my friends and and leaders that I have come to depend on for keeping my church what it is were just suddenly gone and not knowing if they'd ever come back. Well, the Gentiles did keep the church going in the Jews' absence, strengthening it even. So then you can imagine this awkward tension (laughs) when over the next few years, the Jews were able to begin returning to Rome There were tensions not only in who would lead the church now, but also significant cultural tensions between these groups who once had coexisted are now kind of isolated from each other and trying to figure out how to navigate life together again. And isn't it a perfect time for us to study this material since after a year like 2020, tensions about a church isolated and (laughs) struggling to respond well to racial and cultural pressures abound? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm really eager to see what we can learn from this passage that will help us to navigate these issues centuries, years later. Yeah, I think it's timeless indeed. So Paul is intentionally going to respond to some of these tensions, but he really had some other purposes in mind as well. Can you tell us about some of those? Yeah, it's interesting. Paul never directly comes out and says, this is the reason that I'm writing this book. And he does that in some of his other letters. But addressing the tensions between the recently reunited Jews and Gentiles in the Roman church is clearly a focus. Mm -hmm. And he also had a couple of other likely purposes in mind. As I mentioned before, he hadn't yet ever been to Rome, and he very much wanted to visit and experience the Christian fellowship there. So a likely purpose of this letter reflects Paul's desire to introduce himself to the Roman church that he'd hoped to visit, to establish himself, and to lay a foundation for their complete understanding of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And also we learn at the end of the letter that he's hoping to bring the news about Jesus to Spain after visiting Rome. And it's possible that he was hoping that the Roman church might catch his vision and provide some support for his mission to Spain. Sadly, a mission that never happened, but that's a different story. Well, switching gears quite a bit here, uh, Paul sometimes gets a bad rap when it comes to his views on women in the church. But actually, this letter to Rome shows that he was really quite an extraordinary champion of women in his day. Do you want to say a little bit about that? Yeah, I would love to. Um, It's believed that the actual letter to the Romans was delivered by a woman named Phoebe. Mm -hmm. And I think it's appropriate, since our target audience for this study is women, to just process that a little bit. It was a woman who was entrusted with delivering the letter. Mm -hmm. About Phoebe, Paul says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the Church of Sinsrea, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many, including me. I think that's such a lovely introduction. It really is. And Phoebe's not the only woman that Paul mentions. In fact, in the last chapter of Romans, Paul mentions quite a few women and their role in the work of the church and in his life. Mm-hmm. I won't read through all the names of the women in the passage, but I do want to highlight a couple. Great. Paul says to greet Tryphenia and Tryphosa, those women who work hard in the Lord. 
Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Mm. I just love the tenderness of those words. Paul is given a hard time regarding women sometimes. <laughs> and I think these words remind us that Paul saw many roles for women in the church, roles that had a great impact on him, the health of the church, and the spread of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Well, last but not least, I thought it would be good for us to put Romans 12 in its context in the whole book of Romans, because it's admittedly rather unique for a Bible study to just jump into the middle of a book and study a single chapter. Absolutely. <laughs> but but Romans 12 is a pretty unique chapter. In many ways, Romans 12 is the foundational chapter of a kind of part two of this letter. Yeah, chapters 1 through 11 are all about the theology of the gospel of grace, and these chapters contain some of the richest theology in all of Scripture, and I highly recommend that you read through it or at least skim it to understand what's there. But then beginning in chapter 12, we're launched into the rest of the book, which focuses on what it looks like to live in light of what God has done for us. Mm. Romans 12 is an incredible description of how we love God and others and its practical applications for daily life make this a great chapter to study verse by verse over a longer period of time than we usually have the luxury of getting to do. Absolutely. I'll echo what you just said about encouraging all of us to read through this whole book at some point. It really is one of the richest books of the Bible for yes. getting to see God's love toward us and how he saved us from our sin and not only that, made us his children. Well, as we begin to wrap up our discussion, um, could you give us a little idea of what we're going to study in Romans 12? Sure. Romans 12 really describes for us in extraordinarily practical ways what it looks like to put love in action in light of what God has done for us. Mm. We're going to see that we are to love God first and foremost. It's the only rational thing to do in response to his love for us. Mm -hmm. And we love others in light of who he has made us to be as his family. We'll even address loving people who are not so easy to love. (laughs) So if you're looking for a quick outline of the chapter, you'll find verses 1 and 2 are love in action towards God. Verses 3 through 13 are love in action towards our fellow believers. And verses 14 through 21 are love in action towards those who are against us. Mm. And while we're going to focus on only one chapter of the book, I do think it's important, like we talked about earlier, to note that passages from this book have influenced some of the great Christian leaders of our history who read and were convicted to the core. I think of St. Augustine, Martin Luther, and John Wesley, Mm -hmm. and countless others who were just normal people going about their lives and were profoundly changed by the message here and invitation of God to be in relationship to him. Mm-hmm. I love that you brought that out. This this book of Romans has quite the history of, of having a profound mm-hmm. impact on people's lives. And may we all accept God's invitation to relationship, like you mentioned, and have our lives forever changed by him. And if he chooses to do that through this study of Romans, all glory to him. Mm-hmm. How wonderful would that be? Well, the depths of riches contained in Romans is almost bottomless. So I'm not at all concerned that the next eight weeks that we're going to spend in chapter 12 will be any too many. If anything, we may be still wishing we had more time for this chapter. 
But as we close out this episode, what I think would be most appropriate for us to do is to finish with a quick prayer of dedication of this study to God, because ultimately it won't be our conversation that changes Mm -hmm. lives. It's God who changes lives. So we want to invite him to move through this study. For those of you listening, if you can do so safely while you're listening right now, if you're not driving in your car or (laughs) running down the street in downtown, I invite you to bow your head, close your eyes with us, and join us as we pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you gave us this letter to the Romans in your words so that we have the clear picture that we're about to study in Romans 12 of how you want us to love you and to love others. We dedicate this study to your glory and pray now that you will use this to renew us from the inside out and to deepen our love for you and for others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we invite you to listen again next week as we discuss the first two verses of Romans 12. Remember, there's a free Bible study worksheet for you on the episodes page at autumnridge.church if you would like to study these verses ahead of time, as well as those discussion questions for today's episode for you to talk through with your small group or, or any of your other friends. Many people consider these first two verses of Romans 12 that we'll look at next week some of the most significant verses in the whole Bible about living in relationship with God. So join us next week and see if you agree. Until then, Jan and I wish you well and hope that you find rest in being, like the Roman church was, loved by God.